That's a dreadful ball and Chelsea could be in here with Goff who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back of the net! Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri! Miller, lovely cushion header for The Ghost Goal Podcast. Welcome back to the Ghost Goal Podcast. Liverpool bounced back after that, that loss to Manchester City with a 2-0 victory over Aston Villa. Sadio Mane and Curtis Jones scoring in a very nervy win for the Reds. Manchester City followed up their huge win over Liverpool with a disappointing 1-0 loss at Southampton thanks to a goal from Che Adams. Leicester finally got to a positive result with a 3-0 victory over Palace as the Foxes attempt to remain in Champions League contention. Chelsea bounced back with a 3-0 win over Watford, remaining in fourth place. And Manchester United looked to be playing their best football in the post-Sir Alex era with a 5-2 victory over Bournemouth. Everyone's talking about Mason Greenwood. We will talk about Mason Greenwood in the podcast. Arsenal getting a colossal victory over Wolves with a 2-0 result. They get their first away win against the team above them in the table since 2015. Gentlemen, hope you all enjoyed your weekend. Another, finally, another finally, cr- Javier. I'll let you say it's been it. Five years. Just, uh, it's been nice to actually get four wins in a row. First time this season. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. For, for once, I was looking forward to the pod. I was like, let's go. I'm coming on the pod. Arsenal's back, baby. Sort of, sort of. Let's beat Leicester. Let's beat to, Leicester. To what then degree I'll, I'll are Arsenal back? Um. I just think, like, uh, for the first time, oh, oh, the team what? doesn't look... He's trimming like, his hedges, doing some hedging. Yeah, yeah, for the first time, the team doesn't look... Uh, Anemic. Complete <laughs> shit, and, like, it's just going to fall apart at any given point, so... Yeah, it's, I'll go that far. I'll go that far. I won't say that we're, like... Like, we're not making top four. Like, like I think we'd be very happy with a sixth-place finish at this point, so I think that's what we should shoot for here. All I'll say, do you I mean, have anything to say about that Arsenal game and some others? This will be a general theme for this episode for me. Uh, since the restart, I am having a hell of a lot of trouble reading some teams and how they're going to respond and react. Uh, Manchester United are one of them, <laughs> and uh, Wolves were another. So, yeah, it's it's kind of dif- difficult to get a get a handle on some of these teams, but it, it looks to be favoring a lot of the more technical teams ahead of the the defensive teams like Wolves and Sheffield. So see if I can get a hold of it because I was, I, I think it like last week, was it last week I said I was more afraid of Wolves than Manchester United and that just looks yeah, ridiculous Yeah, definitely, definitely we're more afraid of Manchester United. Yeah, United are, uh, they're scary yeah. right now. Well, let's jump right into United. We got a 5-2 victory over Bournemouth. Stanislas scoring a goal, a beautiful goal to open the game. Not made a couple people. And then Mason Greenwood in the 29th after, uh, and then a Marcus Rashford penalty. I think United have the most penalties. They have 12 converted. this season. Yeah, it's just, they're going like, to set the record for. I think most, 13 most is 13 is the most, so they're one away. Yeah, so your live our pool uh, memes are trash. It's all Manchester United. Just want that. I'm pretty sure I called Anthony that before Marks- the season started. I said with the introduction of VAR, Man United are going to lead the league in penalties one because that's all they do. Yeah, before somebody could go look that. that up. Yeah, uh, Anthony Martial, Josh King with a penalty, uh, which was a horrendous penalty by Eric Bailly, by the way. Eric Bailly, big trash. Um, another Mason Greenwood, great goal. 
and uh, Bruno Fernandez free kick. Like, like Bruno Fernandez. Mason Van Persie. I don't know why you'd want to anoint him that coming from the Arsenal fan in the room, but I mean, he, he just plays really like Robin Van Persie. He's he's truly left footed and he makes great contact with the ball on every uh, shot attempt, left foot or right foot. That's that's a quality that Robin Van Persie definitely shared. Um, yeah. So sorry, yeah, Andrew Bruno's Bruno's he's got to be the signing of the season, right? Can anyone think of a player who's been better who was signed? Um, either in the summer or in January. I feel like for me, he's my signing of the season. I mean, he's completely changed United. Like, they went from being a boring uh, team that could sometimes hold possession against teams, but even then, like, never getting, you know, three or four or five goals like they've been doing in these last few games. Um, so I think that, yeah, for me, he's my he's my signing of the season. I don't know if you guys have another... Um, it's not too far another, off. Another thought, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The just the fact that you felt like before they added Fernandez, you felt like they had enough firepower. They'd sold Lukaku, and some people were saying they should maybe buy another center forward. But then when we'd mention Rashford and Martial improving this season, which they did, like the the counter to that was well, they they both get injured too often and they can't play every single game. So you, you need a little bit more of a consistent presence in there. And Bruno Fernandez plays like almost every single minute of every single game, whereas all the other players, Martial, Greenwood, uh, Rashford, they all get rotated around him, and he just stays as a constant in that in that center midfield role, just behind the the center forward. So he's uh, he's the consistent like goal contributor that they needed because he's he seems to be involved with everything he had two assists like straight up assists two true assists and uh that free kick goal that i think they said after the fact shouldn't have stood because matic was offside but regardless it was like a, a great free kick finish so he's uh yeah he's he's scary he looks to be like the the kevin de bruyne the manchester united's answer to kevin de bruyne he's just involved in everything yeah yeah and, and i'll say this like and take it for what it is, but the the time off really helped United in the sense that they got healthier. Like Marcus Rashford was not playing week in, week out, was still having those back injuries. Now he's back. They're at full steam ahead. They like the only tough game left that they have is Leicester. And, you know, I was looking at some post pregame press conference stuff and like Ole was like, look, like, as much as everyone wants to say this is an easy run for us. A lot of these teams either beat them or got a draw away from them, but they're having, they had no problem with Bournemouth's the slow block in this game. They're playing like good, attractive football for the first time in what seems like forever. I'm not happy about it, but at the same time, like their defense is still very suspect. Like, yeah. we've seen, we've seen the goalkeeping errors happen. We've seen Eric Bailly's, again, atrocious penalty give up. Harry McGuire's It was also good. not really a penalty. Like, it shouldn't really have been a penalty. It hit like his. Hit like his what do you call it? His shoulder blade. It, like it didn't really hit his arm. It was just. It seemed like kind of bullshit to me when I saw it, but it made the game more interesting, so I went with it. But what, what you're saying about United uh, getting healthy from this stoppage, you can make that point. But like, there's a bunch of other teams that have gotten healthy, namely Tottenham, and who are in around the same position as United, who haven't taken advantage from having the likes of Harry Kane and Son and Bergwijn. Like maybe Bergwijn's played pretty well, but. They haven't really taken advantage of having all of their first team players back fit and healthy and able to play every game. So you have to give Solskjaer some credit for setting this team up in a way now. And you feel like they've got like a real set attacking front four with a couple of players that can shift into midfield, whether it's Pogba, Matic, McTominay and Fred, that they can keep this run going. So 
Um, I, I still think they'll slip up at some point. I don't think they're going to win out. Uh, they'll have a draw or two here and here or there, maybe even a loss. But I think it's going to be really down to the wire with uh, uh, them and, and us for top four. Maybe maybe even Leicester might drop out if Arsenal couldn't keep this run going. We got at Villa versus Southampton at Palace versus West Ham at Leicester. Remaining for United. Villa and Southampton are those easy yeah, wins anymore? That, that that Leicester game might be really big. That might be like a, a game for Champions League if um if it turns out that like uh, Chelsea end up taking that third spot um and you know the they're fighting for fourth or fifth um and I I don't know if do we st- we still don't know if fifth place is going to be a Champions League spot next season right I think we'll we do know, find out at some point we'll this know month on July thirteenth is when the decision's coming in from uh okay. from FIFA not too, not too far away actually. Yeah, three days before my birthday. Ew. Just, just to say, <laughs> um, let's get next game from Saturday. That was a fun one to talk about. Is obviously Wolves losing to Arsenal um, at home. Huge win for Arsenal. Biggest win of the season, I'd say. I, th- I think it is just because Alex was saying that the United win when we um, dominated them was um, our biggest win. But I kind of feel like this is our biggest win because it was away from home and. I don't know. In the first half, it felt so hard to break down Wolves, and we got a little bit of a break with the goal, um, with the deflection off of Tierney's cross. Um, but Saka, I mean, what a what a way to get your first Premier League goal! Um, you know, on the volley, left-footed into the top corner. So, um, you know, really happy for him. He got a new contract this week. We were able to sign him and Martinelli down to long-term deals. Um, and then the second half, they brought on. Um, Yota and they 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 had Jimenez, Yota, and Triori, and there was a good, I don't know, a good fifteen minutes there where they were really pressuring us. Um, they probably should have gotten a goal. Uh, Adama really really messed up a couple of really good opportunities. Um, actually, one really good opportunity and then a couple half chances. But um, I thought we defended really really well, and I think overall we deserved the win. Alex thinks that it should have been a draw. Um, but I thought we did just enough to deserve the win, and I thought that the second goal was 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 coming after, um, you know, with with the speed that we had on the counterattack, being able to bring on Joe Willock, who has looked really really good since the restart. Um, he seems to be maturing every game. Um, he's only 20 years old, so there's bright future with him and um, Lacazette coming in off the bench. Um, I hope that he can he can get a run of games now and get some goals to end the season because it kind of looks like we might be selling him. Um, but if that is the case, I do want him to get some goals so that we can get his price up. And um, yeah, I don't know. Very good win for us. Like you said, I think it's probably our biggest win of the season. And I think there's there's a lot of positives to take from that. Uh, another clean sheet under Arteta. Um, we have had seven clean sheets in 16 games under Unai Emery. Um, it's it was twelve clean sheets in fifty two games uh, in the league, Ooh. which is Yeesh. yeah that's <laughs> twelve clean sheets in fifty two, and then there's already seven for for Arteta. So I think defensively we've really really shored up at the back, and I think that's the that's the biggest takeaway I think I've had from Arteta is the positioning, and it took a while for it to get going, like for for players to really start buying into the system and and playing well, but. I think it's. I think the wins like this are going to start coming more often. Um, if they, if we can get some improvements on. Obviously, there's several players we need improvements on. But I think my biggest surprise has been Mustafi, who I was done with him. Like I thought he was never going to be an Arsenal player again. I did. I never wanted him to play for Arsenal again. I thought he was terrible. And um, you know, under Emery, he was just absolutely atrocious. Same thing with David Luiz. I mean, just again another player who was not very good at all under Emery, but. 
Under Arteta, I mean, I know that he's had a couple of brain farts, and David Luiz always has that in him, but positioning-wise, in a back three, I think that suits him better than any other way to play David Luiz. And in this game, you could see that even on a yellow card, he still played quite well. Same thing with Mustafi. Um, Tierney, excellent, as always. Um, This was Cedric's full debut, another player who... Um, looking forward for it to him getting game time along with Bayadine and letting Bayadine rest a little bit more. Um, I, I think I think a lot of that um, of those chances that Wolves got in the second half came from Ainsley and Niles having to come in for left back for Tierney. Um, I think he had to come off around the 50th minute. I think he was getting cramps or something like that, and Adama really just took it to him. So, um, but overall, yeah, great win. Really happy with that and. I think we can we can build off that. I think the Leicester game is going to be uh, really important now. The the main takeaway I had from that game was that if you're a Wolves fan or someone that backed Wolves like me these last couple of weeks, you have to be really frustrated with that because that was like a very clear sort of uh, uh, like marker for where Wolves are as a team right now. Like if Wolves are serious about this whole project that they announced like years ago when they weren't even in the Premier League, when they had just been bought out by the conglomerate that included uh, Pedro, or what's his name, Mendez, the agent, Portuguese agent, who's sh- like funneled all of these Portuguese players in. They said they wanted to be playing in Champions League by four years down the line. This is year three down the line. And they had a, they have a, still re- do have a really good chance to get into the top four. And even if they don't, do something in Europa League in August during that mini tournament. So th- this was a marker where like Arsenal are a team that, you know, th- this is a time where you would want to play Arsenal. Like I know Arteta's in uh, in there and they're sort of trending upwards, but you know, they're not like, they're not like at their all time strongest. They're still figuring shit out. I just thought Wolves showed them a bit too much uh, respect they should have gone at them a bit more. They were sitting. I know they're known for sitting deep and countering, but it was really hard it, to break them down. It, it was it hard like to break every them down. attack. They and, suffocated. You know, so the 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 opening goal ends up being from a deflected cross that just lands. It's still a great finish from Saka, but it's like it's not like a well worked yeah, move to like carve them open yeah. or anything. It Definitely was like a little bit of luck it was there. a moment of quality from a young player. And Wolves should have done something to score. They just didn't have the they didn't have the cojones to do it. They didn't have the the ability to finish it off and I thought it should have finished 1-1 I mean the Lacazette goal was very clearly like a product of Wolves pushing for that equalizer and just being caught out so it's still a great win for Arsenal but I think it's more so a very big disappointment for Wolves definitely and like they played well like they I'm not going to say that like Arsenal didn't deserve the win but Wolves didn't capitalize on their chances and I bet on Wolves they they were at plus 130 for a home game against Arsenal and I was like, that's easy money in my mind. Like, I would bet that again, even, you know, if I didn't so know the I. end results, I would take that every time. So I think it's going to be tough for them, though, because, like, they still have they still have some tough games ahead. They have she- away at Sheffield versus Everton at Burnley versus Palace. And again, at Chelsea to close the season. Like, that's not an easy run. There's Those are teams who are going to want to, like, try to go toe-to-toe with them. Like, I know Everton will. I know Burnley will. Palace okay but like and again Sheffield is still playing for a European spot so that's all up the games up in the air um Alex Chelsea got a nice 3-0 victory Giroud William and Barkley all getting on the score sheet how'd you feel about how, how'd you feel about your blues do you want to save the Chelsea chat until the the yeah, Palace preview yeah. I mean 
It was like a pretty. It was a pretty open and shut case against Watford. Pretty easy, yeah. Pretty easy game at Watford. I think we had really like seventy five percent possession. Watford barely got out of their half outside of the last five or ten minutes. I like think the was, one thing that we all have been noticing since the restart is how, how good Pulisic and, and William both have been for you. So yeah, which is um, what is going to be one of my main points going into this uh, Crystal Palace thing. Like Christian Pulisic on Fourth of July didn't quite get his goal, but he was probably man of the man of the match. All right, then we'll get to that in a minute. I'll just Liverpool getting a 2-0 victory over Aston Villa, and it's just an ugly, ugly game this afternoon. Uh, notable thing is Allison is good. Uh, Curtis Jones getting the the game, the goal to seal it, the 2-0, who just signed a contract extension with him. And a lot of people expect him to be Adam Lallana's like-for-like replacement in midfield next year, um, even though the team's being linked to Thiago right now, which makes – I'm just going to keep it short and sweet. Makes no sense. Doesn't fit the FSG model. Don't know where he plays in the midfield because we have like seven other people who could play there. So don't know why that's rumors flying around out there. But Andrew, I have um, a question for Javier about Curtis Jones. Javier, fuck, Mary kill. Mason Mount, Curtis Jones, Phil Foden. Go. I don't think that's fair at all. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Curtis... I was just doing like some of the young English attacking midfielders. That was yeah. yeah. You're right. You're right. Curtis Curtis Jones has gotten like I'd kill five Curtis appearances Jones. for. Uh, I would. Right. Curtis Jones is 18, and the other two are like right. 20 or 21. So that's not fair. I'd, you're right. I'd you're probably right. I'd probably yeah. fuck Mason and Mary uh, Foden. Yeah. Mary Foden. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, he's yeah. he's a good Mary player. Kurt, Sorry, Curtis Jones <laughs> turned. 19 in January and has three appearances in the Premier Yeah, I just don't know enough about Liverpool. Curtis. You know what I mean? Like, he might be a great player. It's, it's you know, it's not fair. It's not fair to him. He's played 11 times and has three you goals. You should have done, like, Saka. You should have done Saka. No, that that's a, a winger. That's a winger that I was doing attacking He, he plays in the midfield, too. You know, he plays everywhere. Saka um, can play Let's everywhere. jump over to Southampton, who were able to get an incredible victory over Manchester City. Uh, Che Adams in the 16th. Manchester City had like 26-something shots on on goal in this game. And, I mean, the the announcers kept talking about it, how Southampton lost 9-0 at home, and now they're beating the, you know, fine, they're not champions anymore, but, you know, the champions from the season before. Just like a wild season that Southampton have been on, but more of the same. Manchester United have now lost lost less games than Manchester City this season, which is just astounding to me. Yeah, considering the start that they both had, you know. Um, but I think, I don't know, City's been... City's absolutely missed not having um, the company replacement. And I think that without... without They're, they're going to spend big, I think, on a center back. There's rumors of Koulibaly. Um, Everyone, the company replacement. Laporte's Thiago been injured Silva, for most maybe. of the season. Right. Yeah. They've, just, they've well, just been struggling like, and defensively. Koulibaly, though, as much as a replacement as he is, he's like 28, 29. Who cares? Like, I would take getting, him. Like, he's he's a Virgil van Dyke level defender. Like, But you're only getting like two or three years of his prime. No, like, you're not. You could, I, like, he could keep of, playing that way into a 32, 33. Center back's that good. They they maintain their prime into their early 30s. It's not, it's not like... But they also need a left back. Like Benjamin Mendy isn't the guy, and Ziyech or not Ziyech, but Zinchenko. Uh, He's really Zinchenko. a midf- midfielder. He's not actually yeah. a left back. It's very makeshift. He's the one who gave the ball yeah, away for like, that Shea Adams goal today. Raheem was fuming exactly. at him. Um, yeah, right. Raheem was I, freaking out at him too. I, like 
I think Rodri's been good, but I don't think Rodri's shown that he's capable of playing that same like sitting position that Fernandinho is. And Fernandinho's like I don't know. I on his I disagree. I think they, they're gonna they, have they, to replace. The, oh, sorry, Leroy Sane. That's another Sane was the other news we haven't big mentioned. Missing player they had this season. He um he's now officially a Bayern Munich player, and I think David mm-hmm. Silva's retiring at the end of the season. So they 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 got a few holes. He's not retiring. He's just leaving. Oh, he's City. just leaving City. But they they got a he might come to MLS. They got a few holes there that um that would be really cool. Um, that they're gonna have, they're probably gonna spend big this summer. I feel like they're gonna spend a lot of money. Um, and I'm sure they're gonna give Pep whatever he wants. And I'm sure City are gonna come back and get you know 90 points again next season. So I'm not, I'm not too worried about them. I just think it was a little bit of an off year. I would be worried about them because here's the thing: we all know Pep wants what he wants. It's another Champions League title. And if they get, if they CIS comes down against them, it's like no, this two year ban is up. Like, what is really to say? Fine, the players might stay. Well, what is it to say to have Pep just be like, I'm gonna leave, take a year off, then take that Juventus job from sorry out from underneath sorry. I think he's more likely to stay. To be honest, he he knows there will never be another club that will give him the resources. An opportunity that Man City are offering. It, it, it just doesn't. He also exist. gets that. He also gets double salary. Like right. I don't know if you've seen those rumors, but apparently, you know, he has another bank account in, in like Abu Dhabi that just doubles his pay. He also every, just gets paid like exorbitant right. appearance fees in Abu Dhabi, which make so up so much money. Which, due to creative accounting, pretty much make up the portion of his salary that City don't want to report. I'm not saying this is. This is like bullshit by city. It's just the way of the world. Like every big club is doing it, but you know, it's uh, that's the reality of it. Um, I, I yeah, he's bound to stay there. I really, I really do think that. I really do think if one of them is going to leave, unless there's some sort of like crazy plea from Messi and Barcelona for him to come back and save them, because that club seems to be kind of in a board level crisis right now. Um, unless that happens, which I don't see it happening. I, I think the the manager that's likely to leave first is going to be Klopp rather than uh, Pep Guardiola. Yeah, I well, I think Klopp has even said this is my last job. Like he's going to probably like maybe extend one more time. And he said like I spent seven and a half years at mine, seven years at Dortmund. Like I've spent four or five years at Liverpool now. Like I I could see him staying like another three or four years. And then can can Klopp we refer quits. Jose Mourinho to uh, Klopp's therapist or counselor? Uh, a psychologist because Jose Mourinho needs to take that same fucking hint and get the hell out of the club game because he's past it yeah he, he needs to well I mean yeah yeah well luckily we don't have to talk about Spurs on this podcast this is a good night to record boys that was whoever whoever chose tonight to, to, to tape this thing good idea um, all right previews for this week we've got a bunch of games again there's games i mean there's be a game this afternoon if you're listening to this monday we got crystal palace and chelsea tuesday watford and norwich on tuesday well, you forgot the monday Arsenal. game is tottenham everton oh yeah it's, yeah tottenham, everton, everton. tottenham i can't Arsenal. remember who's at home but yeah. it's a big one doesn't 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 matter the game's gonna suck <laughs> um arsenal leicester man city newcastle sheffield united wolves brighton liverpool all those games are on wednesday Bournemouth and Tottenham on Thursday, and Aston Villa and Man United on Thursday. <sighs> Alex, how do you feel about a little London derby on Tuesday afternoon? Well, you got to worry about N'Golo Kante pulling up with an injury near the end of that Watford game. <clears throat> Frank's also obviously shown like a huge uh, uh, favoritism towards playing him as that one deep midfielder and letting him clean up loose balls and counterattacks, and he's done that pretty pretty excellently. The only real deficiency Chelsea have had. 
um, defensively has been either on set pieces, which N'Golo, you know, he's not he's not supposed to be too big of a, an asset to us on set pieces. Um, uh, either set pieces and counterattacks, and most of the counterattacks have been when N'Golo has been caught higher up the field as part of the attack. So him missing out and likely Billy Gilmore coming in and, and starting at the base of midfield with... Uh, more likely Mason Mount and Ross Barkley playing again in those two attacking eight midfield roles. is uh, It's a midfield three that worked uh, in the game just before the stoppage against Everton when we beat them three or four nil. I think it was three nil at home. Uh, and Billy Gilmore was excellent, but the momentum from that for him has kind of slowed down and uh, now we're just kind of hoping that he he can sort of replicate some of those performances which I expect him to do against a team like Crystal Palace that will sit deep and not necessarily pressure him uh, he's he's gonna be in that deeper midfield role so he can see or have everything in front of him and not be you know thrust right in the middle between the two lines of midfield and defense as an attacking midfielder so I like I like his uh his technical ability to kind of replicate in possession what Angola is doing. And then obviously we're going to need big defensive performances from uh, the midfield and wide players around him to, to make up for that defensive aspect that Angola will is good. We're going to be missing from Angola out. So, Uh, but we just to come back to Pulisic real quick, what we've learned since the restart with Pulisic is that he is legitimately the, the, the one shining talisman that Chelsea have creatively in attack. like And that's why people are starting to make the Hazard uh, comparisons. Because when you watch us play and when we're not necessarily creating anything and, and, and passing uh, uh, like combinations, the get the ball to Hazard or get the ball to Pulisic uh, or get the ball to the Italians from kicking and screaming pretty much just comes true. Where that there's just that one player who can just take one touch, go on the half turn, and just explode and go past two people. Pulisic is doing that consistently against teams of every level. Watford, West Ham, uh, Manchester City. He's won two penalties in a row, and or in two games in a row he's won a penalty, and Willian has finished them both off. He's playing so well right now, and you know if he gets injured, I'll be really worried about us uh, getting a Champions League place. But as long as he's out there... I'm pretty confident every time that we're going to win against no matter who we're playing. I will say I have loved watching Christian play for you guys. Like I've, I've, I, I love it as an American. I hate it as a fan of not Chelsea. Chris, but. Crystal Palace have been um, just terrible since the restart. Um, I think that they got that one win at the beginning of the restart in that first game, and they, that like pretty much made them safe. They look so disinterested. Um, I think Chelsea are going to get this win here purely because they they're going to want it more and these palace players have nothing to play for and these mid-table teams i mean they occasionally come out with big performances um like southampton did against manchester city today but uh, i think it's it's not very common for them to to come out and 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 play for you know nothing basically so i'm gonna i'm gonna give chelsea the nod on this one um even though i know that they've had trouble with palace away from home um in the past it's it's how do you feel that uh with fans is a very different prospect than without fans just due to the london derby aspect of it you know they they hate us and rightly so so their fans get up for that game and without them i'm i'm just confident we'll win two nil or three one or something probably well i was gonna say the watford norwich game is probably bigger i mean if if norwich norwich still have a tiny chance of staying up if they they like 
Okay, yeah. Come on. <laughs> I think mathematically, they they if they lose this game, I think they yeah might be they're done. they're probably done. Something like that, but yeah, um, that game that game's going on at the same time as the Chelsea game. Uh, Javier, how do you feel about the Leicester game at home at the Emirates? Which is going to be at three fifteen. I mean, if you would have said this to me before uh, the break and before like the whole COVID stuff, everything happened, I would have been not confident at all. Uh, I would have thought that we would have lost, you know, three one or something like that. But um, I definitely think we would get a win here. Um, we've had three clean sheets in our in our last four games, four four wins on the trot. And not against easy teams. Um, obviously, Norwich was easy, but Southampton away, Sheffield away, and Wolves away. Um, none of those have been easy games. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm quietly confident again that we can get a result here. I think that if we want to make sixth place, we're going to have to win this. I'm probably going to have to beat Liverpool as well, which is obviously going to be very hard as well. Um, but I think these are we have two easier games to end the season after that, and. You know, this is this is the oh, there's I think there's a Spurs away in there as well, so right. yeah, I it's mean, right if, after this game, right? Um, I think the way that Leicester have been playing, um, they've still been creating a lot of chances, and they're definitely much more gun ho and swashbuckling than Wolves. It's a very very different prospect. Um, I don't know. I don't. I, I'm. Uh, it could be a draw. I could see like a two two draw with like a lot of goals in this. Um, I don't see us keeping a clean sheet against Leicester. They um, they've been pretty unlucky in some of their games this this since the restart and even though they haven't been their results haven't been going their way I know they're really going to want to get at least a draw here to kind of keep us away and to really lock up their their Champions League hopes because United and Chelsea are breathing down their necks right now so yeah this this run in I'm, I'm is probably the most exciting thing that we're watching for at this point left in the Premier League uh, Manchester City Newcastle I've like I want to know what Man City's like we've talked about this though like. City post loss, like the turnaround, they almost always seem to come up with a big win. So kind of expect that. Sheffield United Wolves, which is 1 p.m. on Wednesday, might be an ugly game, but is going to be a very, very important. It's pretty game big, for this. pretty big. If Sheffield win, they're going to be only a point behind Wolves, and you know, trying to get into that sixth spot. And for us, if we were able to get a win against Leicester, we could, and and Sheffield get a result against Wolves, we could we could jump Wolves in the table and get into that sixth spot. So, it's uh, it's kind of like another oh, mini God. table between Wolves, Arsenal, and Sheffield, and then, then Chelsea, have you Leicester, talking United, about Arsenal getting top four. I can't have that. No, you're like well, you're, you're only... still like nine points behind us. You're not getting top four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're nine no, no, points behind only, us, and there's what five games to go. If, I mean, yeah. It, Look, Leicester, we're yeah, we're eight points behind you, Alex, and we are six points behind United. Look, it's possible. I don't, I don't know if United are going to drop six more points this year. Um, not on the current form that they have. Honestly, Leicester is probably our best. Yeah, chance we're not going to drop six more points. Get out of here with that. No, Ch- Chelsea might. Chelsea might. No, we won't. Get out of here. No, you, you guys would have to drop eight more points, which I don't think that's happening. I don't think you guys will get two losses in a draw. That would be uh, that'd be pretty pretty crazy, and your your goal difference is a lot better than ours. So we'd have to really be uh, getting some hauls during these games to to even catch up to you on goal difference. I think we're sitting at uh, plus eight, and you guys are at plus sixteen. So it's it if if it somehow came down to it, um, yeah, I don't I don't see it I don't see it happening. But I think that we could possibly catch United. There's still a very small chance, and I think the most realistic thing is that we. Um, we try to catch wolves, you know. We try to get that six spot. So, 
Um, I'd be, I think I'd be pretty happy with that at this point because we haven't looked at all. We at no point during the season have we really we've been hovering between like eighth and eleventh place. So to to be able to we're sitting in seventh, which is the highest position we've been for a long time, which is pretty embarrassing. But um, yeah, again, quietly optimistic. I'm sure sure Vardy gets his usual goal against us, but we've always seemed to kind of had Leicester's. Uh, for some reason, we we've had pretty good results against Leicester. They had that one um, ass whooping they gave us earlier this season, but um, we we've done pretty well against them in the past, and and I think Arteta will have a good game plan. That was your uh, that was your previous last win against a team above you in the table. It was Leicester away in September two thousand fifteen. So uh, I mean, Yikes. this is at home, so obviously not the same thing. But you know, like you said, you guys do decently against Leicester. Um, all right, so Brighton take on Liverpool on Wednesday. That game's doesn't really not much to talk about. Bournemouth, Tottenham, we really don't know. I mean, like Tottenham have another game to play against Everton. I, I wouldn't expect, I wouldn't expect an entertaining game right now. Anything that Tottenham plays seems to just be like I'd rather watch Tottenham versus I think Bournemouth. That's going to be like a zero-zero. Yeah, that's like the movable rock the versus Everton, the Everton, what Tottenham. Ancelotti's just going to say like, "Come get me." Come get me, Daddy. And then, I mean, I give the, Everton have, I guess, been scoring goals. Oh, you're talking about the Everton like Tottenham decently. game? I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, I was Bournemouth, talking about Tottenham. the Everton Tottenham. Oh, but the Bor- no, Bournemouth Tottenham. No, I, mean, I guess it kind of depends on how the, shit defensively. the Everton game goes for Tottenham tomorrow. But right. just based off of right. what, we're, what we've seen from both Bournemouth and Tottenham here on Sunday night, July 5th, it's, uh, it's rough for both of them uh, defensively and going forward. Uh, Bournemouth look like they're going down. Which is pretty sad. If this ends as a draw, I mean, a draw might as well be a loss for Tottenham uh, in this one because Bournemouth are playing so badly. But if this ends at anything but a Tottenham win, I if you don't already feel like this as a Tottenham fan, you should. You you should feel like Jose Mourinho should be sacked as soon as the season's over, which I know they've already promised to pay him a ton of money and that's not going to happen. But that should be like a final straw to you that you know he. Yeah, they're still they're still paying Potts right now, so they'd be paying two men. There's no more. There's no more injury excuses. None of that bullshit. He's signed a good amount of players, gotten rid of some other ones. He's got his striker and his best winger back. They're just not they're not producing right now. Just just bring Pochettino back. Like I hear he's free. <laughs> like, what's he doing, you know? Um, and Aston Villa take on Manchester United, which is a big game on both ends of the table as Villa currently uh, sitting in the bottom three. United obviously needing points to get in. And um, I think the one point that's going to be talked about to death in that game is Jack Grealish because obviously United have been linked to him a ton. And so I would love to get an over-under of, like, how many times the announcers are going to name Jack Grealish, Manchester United, in the same sentence in that game, because I would bet the over on it. But um, I, I want to ask the question. I, Villa, I want Jack Grealish. Villa, from, good, the, Villa from their performances against Liverpool today, you know, held on until the 71st minute, had some really good chances of their own. And frankly, if you're a Villa fan, you feel like you could have maybe even gotten ahead in that game. Um Went big, ahead big against Chelsea in the first game, uh, or Chelsea's first game in their second game, um, and then I think they barely lost to Wolves as well. They've like barely lost to a bunch of top of the table teams. Is this the game that you know with that the, they're they're starting to run out of opportunities to uh, get out of this relegation battle? Is this the game that they finally sack up and either get a point? 
I don't think it's going to happen. I just, <laughs> I didn't think it was going to happen last week for Bournemouth. I think against it could United. happen. I think, I think Villa are a lot better than Bournemouth and they have, yeah, they I have, agree. They're much more solid defensively and I want them to stay up because I don't like Watford. I don't like Bournemouth and I, I don't like Villa. Uh, they can get relegated. I just I feel like because they spent so much money, it would be pretty pretty disastrous for them to uh, to get relegated, and you know we probably wouldn't see them come back up for a few years. And I don't know, uh, they they're a historic club in the league. They've they've been in the English league for most of its existence, and um, for a long time they were. You know, they've won the I Champions think, League more than Arsenal. You know. Yeah. No, I know. Aston Villa is a, is a as great many club, times so. as Chelsea. They have a they have a big stadium and and again I, they're a team that I like seeing in the league. I think they add to the league more than um, other teams like Bournemouth, like Watford. And Villa Park is a proper historic venue. Exactly. The so like, like they uh, host, there's, there's, they hosted FA Cup semifinals at Villa Park for many years. Um, but I think in terms of the game, I'm not sure that like you said, the way that United are playing right now, it's it's going to be really difficult for Villa to get anything in this and. Just the way that their four attacking players have been playing, it's it's and you just got to think that at some point Pogba is going to start getting in on some of these goals and assists, and you know, just a big performance from him is coming at some point. And Pogba and United should not care about what his goal or assist tally is. No, I, I they should agree. just care about the results when he's, he's been playing. playing. He's been playing how in that same position that he did for France, um, and just kind of securing that midfield and and tracking yeah, back he and retains the it's ball working. that's that's it's working i think that's a valuable he realizes asset. yeah but i think he realizes now that he doesn't have to be the guy who make does all the right. creating I, I mean it looks like he loves having bruno like i was when there was that free kick i thought pogba was going to take it because i thought he was going to try to get in on the goals but he let bruno take it i think he realizes that bruno's now the man and i think he likes that i think he likes not having all the pressure on him and I think it's 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 showing that you know he's relaxed a little bit more and it Pogba watches cuckold porn. Pass along. Uh, apparently, <laughs> uh, apparently he wants to you know he Pogba wants to stay. So. <laughs> I'm kidding. This is the best oh, form of Pogba. Yeah. No. I I agree. With you. I don't know. I I would love to see Villa nick a draw here. I mean, they almost did. They almost beat Liverpool at home. But again, there are fans there, so I don't really know what to, to, to expect. But with again, the confidence that every player is playing with for United right now, I, if I was them, I'd run the same eleven out that they ran out on 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 Saturday. I mean, it's this game's on Thursday. I would maybe rotate as well. Matic for like McTominay or Fred, because you know Matic is like thirty now. He's played a yeah, good couple games in a fair. row, and like this really is. Weekend midweek, weekend midweek for these the, the next month, and it has been that way for the past two or three weeks. So it's gonna you, you got to strategically rotate in specific areas for these last couple games. Yeah. Um, well, that's all the games coming up this week. Look out for more content as we get closer to the weekend. And uh, thanks you guys for listening in. Follow us along with it. Follow along with us on Twitter and Instagram at Andrew Pissarro at ASMOS92 at Javier Rev9 and at Go School Pod. Until next time. Bye.